Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Starting a new series on vision today. And uh, the message is a little unusual, uh, unusual in that I already preached it, but not in its fullness due to the time that I had. I have more time to bring you the word now uh, than I had at our leaders, uh, what's called a commissioned rally. And uh, some of you were there. We have many, many, many leaders, and that is what we do. We make leaders. We're into making leaders and pray for leaders because with leadership, you can turn things around. A strong father, a strong mother in a family brings a healthy family. If you have a broken, broken, uh, broken marriage, which many of many of us came out of families like that, you know, it brings a lot of hurt, brings a lot of pain. If you can raise up strong leaders in a community, the community will be transformed. And so when the leader gets better, the organization, organizations, churches, businesses, everything gets better. So we're focused on making leaders. I think I have more than six minutes to preach. So if you would put the proper, they give me a clock and I don't always obey it, but six minutes will throw me off. You go ahead and fix that, Mr. Production Guy. Appreciate that. So we're starting a new series, but I preached this message. I revamped it, changed it a little bit. Very, very strong very strong word, and I know that it's going to encourage you greatly. I'm going to start a new series on vision. Everybody say vision. Vision. Because the Bible says without vision, my people perish. And if you don't have vision, then you're going to, you'll have a tendency to drop out of life. But if you have vision, you have a passion, and you'll fulfill what God called you to do. And God has given us an incredible vision currently up until 2025. We call it the 12120. We're going to have uh, 120, uh, pardon me, yeah, 120,000 people in cumulative attendance and 1,200 congregations. So currently we have 500, actually it's more than that, but we're not sure what it is. At the last official count, it was just over 500. We will have 1,200 congregations by 2025. Can you say amen? Well, how's that going to happen? By a miracle act of God and by receiving fresh strategy. And one of the ways the Lord speaks to me, uh, he speaks to me in unusual ways, dreams, visions. It's all biblical, but as I was preparing for uh, this past Saturday's leaders' time, I heard the Lord say, Rook to Queen Bishop Four. Now, that might make no sense to you, but I, I'm, I, played I played chess. Actually, I think I'm going to start playing again because it just it did something when I heard the Lord say that. And I, I just thought about that. It's a strategic move. It's, it's, I think it has deeper meaning than what I, at first glance, or what I first received from him. But I knew about strategy. I know a little, a little bit about chess strategy. And I know that if you're going to fulfill the vision that God has for your life, you better have a strategy from God because if you don't, you're not going to make it. Lots of people have visions and dreams, but they don't have that power brought to the wheels to bring the strategy to see it fulfilled. 
and strategy changes, and vision is progressive. I want you to say that. Vision is progressive. So this morning, we're going to look at Acts 9, Acts 10, and Acts 13. And uh, let's go ahead and, and uh, begin to turn there. I'll stand, you, I'll stand you up in just a moment, and we do that for honor, honoring God's Word. But battles are won and lost by, based upon strategy. If you don't have a proper strategy, you're going to have a problem. And I, I think about George, General George Washington crossing the Delaware. God gave him a strategy, caused fog to come in, and they, I think it's 8,000 8, troops they brought across the Delaware. I'd have to go look at that again, but it was a total miracle to save them from the, from the English at the American Revolution. And when the English, the sun came up, they're like, what has happened? They totally escaped. It was a miracle. It was a strategy to save. Without that, we might not you know, might that, we might be drinking Yorkshire tea or something as opposed to, as opposed to uh, coffee. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. But it was a strategy that God gave General George Washington. Uh, Dunkirk was another strategy also in England to rescue the Allied forces off of the beach. And uh, what, a, what a story that is. And there's movies that have been made about it. Um, I think about years ago when I was living in a, uh, the house that we were living in before this one. And I was awakened at three in the morning and uh, I was praying and I just felt led to get out of bed and just pray. And so I'm, I'm praying and I sit down at my computer and the Lord gives me that text in Joshua and how Joshua, um, how Joshua gets his strategy from God. And I really believe that one of the words of the Lord for 2022 is that he's standing before our nation and standing before us as the captain of the host with his sword drawn and he's going to fulfill his plan. And many would say, God, are you for us? No, God is not for you. He's not for me. We need to be for him and his strategy. That's why when, when Joshua says, you for us or against us, because Joshua is just ready to go. He says, no, I'm not in your pocket. I'm outside your agenda. I've got my own agenda. Are you with me? And the answer is, yes, I'm with you. And he takes off his shoe. Actually, it's a covenant thing. It's this covenant action that takes place with Joshua. And so I'm studying that passage and God's speaking to me. And then my Skype rings. My Skype was on and it rings from the 425th uh, Colonel Morris Goins and I really can't say a whole bunch about it, but I can say this because he said I could say this much. Calls from being in the sandbox. He's in war. He calls me at, at three, is it 3.30 in the morning? He calls Skype. I answer it. He says, sir, pastor, what are you doing awake? I said, I'm praying. He's like, I need a word from God. I'm like, no kidding. I have one. And I gave him everything God gave me out of that text. And I prayed for him and, and prophesied over him. And he was so like, he told me that he gets like this, but he was rude. I mean, he was like in war mode. Sir, thank you, sir. Goodbye. Hangs up. I'm like, oh, awesome. You know, give me like a little bit more warm. It's nice to hear your voice. It's gonna... Yeah, no, he told me, some of you in the military, you understand. He told me four to six weeks before they deploy, he said, Pastor, just want you to know, I change about six weeks before. And, uh, and I start changing, and I get very, very, uh, very focused, and, uh, and so I won't be as nice as I usually am. 
I'm so sorry ahead of time. I said, hey, no problem. And it was true. He was just like, what an intense man. I think he's a general now. I, I'm not sure. He came back from that tour and he told me, he said, I can't tell you everything, but you read in the newspapers the results of what took place because you gave me that word on that day. It gave me strategy and I knew what to do. When you shared what you shared, I knew what I had to do and it gave me strategy. And we won that particular moment. We had incredible breakthrough. God wants to give strategy. All right, Acts, stand up on your feet. Acts chapter 9. Acts 9, find verse 10. And I will begin to read from the New International Version. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. In a what? In a vision. Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street, and ask for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for he's staying, for he's praying. In a vision, verse 12. In a what? In a vision. He had seen a man named Ananias place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he's done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with the authority of the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, seriously, go. I mean, he's kind of, I like that because you don't really catch that. He just says, go. You almost like you get the idea like, are you talking back to me right now? I told you to go. It's going to be okay. So go. The man's my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings, before the people of Israel. Verse 16, I'll show him how he must suffer for my name. Ananias went to the house, entered it, placed his hands on Saul. And he said, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Turn to Acts chapter 10. Find verse 1. It's the first verse. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius who I affectionately call Corn. A centurion in what is known as the Italian regiment, he and all his family were devout, God-fearing, he gave generously to those in need. He prayed to God regularly. One day, about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him. He had a what? He had a vision. An angel of God came to him and said, Cornelius. And Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa and bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter, who's staying with Simon the Tanner. Simon is at Simon's house. But they call him Peter, is by the sea. And when the angel who had spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier, who is one of, the, one of his attendants, and he told them everything that had happened, and they sent them to Joppa. Go to verse... Uh, 2 of chapter 13 of the book of Acts. Acts 13 and verse 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work of which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hand, placed their hands on them and they sent them off. 
All right, go to chapter 16, final verses. Chapter 16, verse 9, and we're going to get after it. During the midnight, Paul had a, he had a what? He had a, a vision of a Macedonian man standing, begging him, come over to Macedonia to help us. And after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready to go at once, leaving for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Let's pray. Father, move in power. Amen. You may be seated. I'm prayed up already. No sense trying to pray some more right now. God will quicken your mind. I'm writing your notes, and if you don't have those, bring the attention to the ushers. God will quicken your mind for strategy. You need vision. We have enough vision to go. We have, a, we, we have so much vision uh, from the Lord, and it, like I said, it's progressive. So in other words, as a business owner, you might start a business, and you start doing that, and then as you're doing that, God will say, plant another one, do another one, change this, alter that. As a church, we started with one church in Maui, and then shortly thereafter, Dr. Morocco had a vision from the Lord. He says, as the mayor of Maui County is over three different islands, and you might not know that, but Maui, Lanai, and Molokai, there's one mayor. So I want you to pastor on three different islands, and I want you to put churches. Now, this was before, you know, campuses, multiple campuses was in. This is 1981. Hardly any, anybody had ever done anything like that. Everybody does it now, but it was very rare. And so we planted a church on Molokai, planted a church on Lanai. Shortly thereafter, Pastor Karen and I showed up. Uh, well, it was really 10 years later plus. And that has been progressively growing now. It's now not just a Pacific Rim vision, which is what it used to be. It's now a global vision, and we're believing for 1,200 extensions, 1,200 congregations. Vision is progressive. But if you had the strategy that works for three churches does not work for 500. And when God gives you vision and he moves you forward, you say, what does that have to do with me? Because in your family, you need to have vision. In your life, you need to have vision. And if you have vision, you must have strategy to fulfill it. I've seen a lot of goals, a lot of ideas, and zero strategy. This is amazing here, this strategy that God releases to the New Testament church. God will quicken your mind to receive his strategy for the next season of your life. Come on, raise your right hand and say, God, quicken my mind to receive a strategy for the next season of my life. And God is quickening us in the church here at King's worldwide and locally here to, to fulfill the vision that he has for this next season. The amazing thing is we serve a God who speaks and I, it never gets old to me. In the Old Testament, prophet, kings, and priests were the only ones that were anointed and the only ones that could really hear and receive revelation. But that is not the case in the New Testament because the prophet, king, and priest, Jesus, came and fulfilled it all, paid a price for you and me. We don't have to go into a temple made by human hands anymore. We don't have to sacrifice bulls and goats. Come on, we don't have to sacrifice animals and, and sprinkle blood on the mercy seat because Jesus came, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, sprinkling his blood on the greater mercy seat, the, the, the original mercy seat, not a copy, but the actual one, as it says in Rome, as it says in Hebrews chapter 10. So we don't come in and all 
offer sacrifices like that. We come boldly before him, already covered by the blood, redeemed, washed, cleansed. And yes, we offer a sacrifice of praise, but understand that we are anointed. Each and every single person can be anointed like a prophet, king, and priest if you'll just seek God and believe God to fill you, touch you, and walk in your God-given purpose and destiny. I didn't say that everybody's a prophet. I'm saying that you have an anointing from God. First uh, John 1, the anointing from God is real. It's not counterfeit. Some of you think, I just need to get to church. Well, good, get to church. I need to have Pastor Daniel, one of the leaders, lay hands on me. I think that's awesome also. There is certainly greater faith and realms and giftings. We're a body, but don't ever miss the fact that you're anointed yourself by the fact that Jesus lives on the inside of you. And if you want to go deeper, you want to go more with God, you can. There's no toxic levels in the Holy Spirit. I gave my son a word on uh, uh, yesterday, and, and it came from a moment that I had with the Lord as I was preparing this, a pastor, Keith Butler, was uh, from Detroit, and he was 18 years old, newly married. That wasn't the word I gave, not the married part. He's newly married. He, he had been baptized in the Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, and he got, went home with his wife. He didn't have any kids back then. He felt to get underneath his kitchen table, and he prayed in his heavenly language all night. I think it was five or six hours. And at the end of that time, he was visited by the Lord. And he doesn't know whether it's a vision or a dream or an angel came. He doesn't really know. But he was laid out to him a, a blueprint, if you will, a pattern, a strategy for what God wanted to do in his life and how he would have a church, how he would plant churches in Detroit, how he would plant churches in Atlanta, how he would plant churches uh, on the West Coast and how God was going to use him, and that God was going to use him mightily to raise up many leaders and pastors. And he's 18 years old. I mean, he's still wet behind the ears, and he sees all of this stuff, and he writes it down. So when he shared that with me, he was well into his 50s, and everything that he wrote underneath that kitchen table, that strategy that God gave him, just about everything had been fulfilled. And you say, is that even possible? You know, it's one thing that somebody says, well, I got touched by the Lord and they don't produce any fruit. And you got to wonder whether they actually really got touched by the Lord or whether they really need one. It's another thing when somebody says, I got visited by God. I prayed in my heavenly language. He gave me a strategy and uh, it, here's all the fruit. It's just kind of like, uh, I think definitely something happened to him. Something happened to Peter where he was cursing and from out of fire and running away from a little girl to come out of an upper room with bold confidence and preach till thousands get saved. What happened? It's a good question. Let's look at these texts. The, 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 the word I gave my son who's pressing into the Lord is that God was going to speak to him clearly about the calling and the purpose and destiny that he has. And God will speak to you. You don't have to be aimless. You can know. He said, well, I haven't lived that way. We'll change. This is the first day of the rest of your life. You can have purpose. You can have a, you have a, God has a plan. God has a purpose for you. Say, well, I'm in my 60s. Awesome. Wake up now. Hallelujah. Be encouraged. All right, let's look at these texts. Acts 9, Saul's a persecutor of the church. He's on his way to go persecute more Christians. And Jesus reveals himself to him. Saul, Saul, it's harder for you to kick against the goads. Who are you? 
And Jesus says, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting, which is a picture of when you backstab and talk stink about people in other churches or people in this church or any church that you're actually backstabbing the Lord. Think about that. What was he doing? He's killing Christians. He's saying, you're persecuting me. That's what Jesus said. You're persecuting me by killing my people. Wow. Jesus appears to him, uh, pardon me, appears to him, gives him a plan, strategy, gives him a vision for his life. And Jesus appears to Ananias. Now he's blind and he goes into to Damascus and he's totally blind and he's there. He's three days blind and God speaks to him in a vision. There's this guy's name is Ananias. And then Ananias across the city, wherever, not on the same street, apparently, straight street, God speaks to Ananias, gives him a plan, tells him Saul. He's like, that doesn't make any sense to me. That's crazy. But he goes. It's a strategy. God's releasing strategy. I've chosen this persecutor of the church to come under a visitation of my spirit to be so radically transformed, and I'm going to use him to touch the Gentiles, a chosen vessel of mine. So Ananias goes and tells Saul. He brings some healing, and he's filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, there are people that are three days blind right now that are waiting for somebody who's full of boldness like Ananias, who you never hear from this guy again. It's the only time you hear from him in all of Scripture. Ananias, is this is the one time. He paid a price of passion. He paid the price to know the voice of God, and he was courageous and filled with the Spirit, and he obeyed. You never hear from him again. We never hear about Ananias again. Oh, but you hear about Paul. Wouldn't it be great if some Ananias' rose and some Saul's were turned into Paul's. God reveals his purpose for Saul, amazing, and gives him a strategy of the people he wanted to reach and where he was going to go. Acts 10, the Gentiles reached here. Cornelius, corn. Roman army officer of the Italian vision, which probably means he ate really good and dressed well. And with his hands, he talked also probably. He has a vision of angels. He says, go get Peter. Go get, go get Peter. God prepares Peter simultaneously. God prepares Peter. He said, does God still do that? Oh, I can tell you endless testimonies of how I felt led to just go to knock on someone's door. I knock on the door. This is a true story. I knock on the door. And when I knock on the door, the door opens. I was so overwhelmed by the power of God walking up to the house. I had been going house to house. So overwhelmed, I knocked on the door. I didn't even say, hi, my name's Daniel. I'm from King's Chapel. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I opened the door, and she says, oh, my God. I said, the Lord sent me to your house. I've got a message for you. I'm almost dead, dead serious. I mean, you could try, say stuff like that and try to be like, Mr. Hey, the Lord sent me to your house. Yeah, some hyper-spiritual nut job. But when it's real and then you're going to say it, that's different. She said, I've been waiting. I said, hallelujah. She says, come in. Everybody come to the living room. This is a true story. And I just walked in. I felt like an angel was with me. I walk into the house. She gathers all of the family. They, I'm, I don't know how many people are in that house. It seems like dozens of people, all the kids, all the aunties, everybody come, come into the living room. God brought somebody here. And I stand there. They're all looking at me. People are weeping, crying. I preached. I told them about the love of God. They re this is a true story. Listen, liars go to hell. This happened. This stuff happens. You say, well, I've never seen it happen. Maybe because you're still watching Netflix when God told you to get going. Amen. <laughs> they all got saved. They all prayed the sinner's prayer, and I invited them to church. 
God prepares Peter's heart. That woman had been prepared for me to show up. And it really isn't, it's not so much about me, it's about the fact that if God can get somebody to go and believe and have vision, there's a strategy that'll be released to release the kingdom of God. Can you say yes? So God prepares Peter and he goes to the Gentile home and God pours out his spirit on the Gentiles, just like he did in Acts 2. And the 120 get baptized. This is strategy in the book of Acts, Acts 13. The church was started in Antioch that reached out to the Gentiles. Barnabas gets Saul. What do you mean he gets Saul? Well, if you study this, you'll see that Saul, who wrote, who wrote basically most of the, the New Testament epistles, okay? He's not even really in ministry like, 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 we, like we think he is. I mean, he is. He's serving God for 14 years. 14 years. You got saved six months ago and you wonder why you're not pastoring the church. 14 years. 14 years. He gets saved. He gets saved there, Pastor Wally. He gets saved and he goes and he's making tents somewhere in the desert for 14 years. And what does he do for 14 years? I think he's studying the word. I think he's praying. I think he's living a fasted lifestyle. I think he's expanding the kingdom on a local level. I think he's doing an amazing things. I think he's probably made a minister. You know, great things are happening. But he didn't know what would happen. I prophesy that to you. You've been set up. You have. You've been set up. God's going to elevate you greatly. Amen. Just stay humble. Everybody say stay humble. 14 years in the desert, and Barnabas goes and gets him, and he becomes the premier church. And how about the, how about, okay, what about the vision, Lord, of reaching the Gentiles? Can you imagine being 14 years? What about my vision? What about my vision to reach the Gentiles that you gave me? I've been 14 years making tents for God's sake. What? You don't hear any of that, but let's just get the, get the picture. Get the picture. 14 years waiting for the fulfillment of that vision, but in preparation all along. Some of you are being prepared, but you throw off the yoke. Some of you quit. Some of you are like, oh, well, it didn't happen yet. I guess it ain't gonna happen. I felt that way. I've been here 15 years. I wanted to be where we're at now. You're, you know, year one. It's like, well, this is taking a little bit longer than I expected. Maybe you ain't ready yet. Maybe he's working some stupid out of you. Amen. It really is, it's, it's astounding. L listen, let that comfort you. Don't ever try to, try to get in the flesh to fulfill the plan of God and make it happen. You, you serve God with everything that you have. You love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul and strength. Day after day after day, lift him up, do what's right, keep doing it, keep believing. And many times visions, though they tarry, wait for it, says the Old Testament prophet. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. And one of my favorite verses in Scripture, a little phrase rather in Scripture is, and it came to pass. Come on, somebody say, and it came to pass. Got some people I'm going to invite to sit on the front row when we grant, do our grand opening of our new facility. The Holy Spirit sent them to establish churches, which is now the vision of Paul begins to see this fulfillment of reaching the Gentiles. It's amazing. Acts 16, Saul takes his Greek name, which is called Paul now, 
A friend of mine says affectionately that Saul got hit so hard by the Holy Spirit, it knocked the S off and put a P on. But he changes his name to Paul because he's ministering largely to Greek-speaking Gentiles. And he wants to go and preach in this place called Bithynia, or it's also called Asia. He wants to go there, and the Holy Spirit says, you're not going, which is... You know, it's amazing because in our minds, we think this is God's will, reaching the lost, preaching the gospel, doing what he called me to do in business. This is God's will. This is God's will. I, I want to go bring the good news over here. It's something that's clearly God's will, and God says no. Now, why would God do that? Well, the timing, okay, timing. But, you know, we don't always know. Your mama said no, and she, you asked, how come? Because I said so. I think that's a perfect answer. The Holy Spirit said no. And I think he probably said, well, how come? Because. Well, we don't know. It doesn't say. But the Holy Spirit does say no. Yes, no, wait. Those are the three answers to prayer. Don't ever let anybody tell you there's, God doesn't answer prayer. He does. You just don't like his answers sometimes. His answers are yes, no, wait. Those are the three that he always answers. He answers every prayer. Come on, somebody. So the Holy Spirit wouldn't allow Paul to go into Asia. And it could have been that Peter was there. And if you study the, the life of Peter and the missionary journeys, it could have been that he was right in that area. And could it be that he didn't want to bring confusion by two apostles crossing over? And while he's in Troas, so he's, he's like, let's go to Asia. And the Lord's like, no. He's like, oh, well, then where are we supposed to go? I don't know. I don't know where we're supposed to go. Well, we better have a prayer meeting. So they just stay put and they pray and they're believing God. And then God gives strategy. God gives vision. And it's this man of Macedonia. They're praying and fasting, in fact, just like we're doing now. They're praying and fasting, and God gives them a picture of a Macedonian man. And I don't know what that was. Maybe it's a particular dress or, or language or something that he knew that he was a Macedonian man, bidding him to come. And from that, they, release, they realize, well, I'm still reaching the Gentiles. The strategy is no longer Bithynia, no longer Asia right now, even though I really want to go. He goes to the church of Philippi. He goes and has this great revival. And, and, and then he goes to Corinth, and, he, and God puts together his apostolic team. And he gives them Priscilla and Aquila and the church in, in, the church in Philippi, the church, the, the epistles to the Philippians is the church in Philippi. They were the most generous church. They funded him, funded his, his, his goings, his, his missionary journeys. And God puts together this apostolic team. Timothy's added to his team. He puts together this apostolic team and then at the right moment, at the right time, with the right strategy, they strike Ephesus. And Ephesus is an, an epic revival, an outpouring of the Spirit. The biggest outpouring that takes place in all the New Testament is in Ephesus. And you read about the churches planted out of Ephesus in the book of Revelation. Those are the seven churches of, of Asia. He finally gets to go to Asia. He finally gets to, I want to go. You can't go right now. And he, and he sets him up and he puts him together. I'm telling you, we've been set up. We have absolutely been set up. The timing of our building and where we're at and what God's doing, it's a setup from God. We're in the midst of a strategy. I'm telling you, I know it as surely as I know anything. There's a strategy that's being brought about 
even through the likes of us with our limited minds. We have the mind of Christ, though. Can you say amen? And the direction of establishing Gentile churches, Paul's ministry is marked for the rest of his life. So God is a master strategist. I don't know if you ever played a master in chess. I have not. I personally have not. I, I became the president of my chess club in, uh, in high school, which isn't saying much because we didn't have a chess club. And I realized there were chess clubs. And if I, in my junior year, could become the, if I could found it and, and, and make it and, and, and lead it, then it would look really good on my, on my applications to college and I'd get into a better school. So, so I became the president of the chess club and uh, it worked. <laughs> I have played some great chess players, not masters, but I've been whooped by people that have amazing strategy and know the game. You know what I mean? Like read, they, they follow chess games. Like, does anybody understand what I'm saying? You look on newspapers or it's probably on the web now, all games, all the moves are written out and they copy all that, you know, like they, they, they geek like that. God is a master strategist. He calls Saul, who later becomes Paul, reaches the Gentiles. I'm going to move quickly. He sends Peter to minister to the Gentile home, and the Gentiles are baptized in the Holy Ghost. See, the Gentile church is started in Antioch, and from there, Paul and Barnabas sent out and established churches that would be filled with Jews and Gentiles. D, Paul is directed to Macedonia and would ultimately lead him to start even more churches and give him the greatest revival among the Gentiles in Ephesus that all of Asia Minor would be filled with the gospel and the glory of God. And it's even written about in the book of Revelation. God is speaking to us on this beautiful day in January on the second week starting of our fast. God has a vision and a strategy for you. All right, let me just say that. For you, for your life, for your dream, for that which is in your heart, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he gives you the desires of your heart. He has, a, he has a vision. If you don't have one, stick around. He'll give you one. Vision, many times, I, I'll preach on it, how to get vision. Because like I, I'm like visionless. You get around visionaries. You, you spend time in the Word. I'll, I'll talk about this in a, in a minute and then more in later messages. Because if you don't have a vision, like I said, you'll drop out of life. But if you have a vision that God spoke to you about, was, I've been watching uh, my, my son, he's passionate about music. He's an intern. Well, he's working way beyond his hours. And I'm, last night, you know, he's not home. It's nine o'clock. He's been here at the church since three, working on music with um, brother, brother Music. And I called him, I'm like, you all right? Yeah, yeah, no, we're just, we're just uh, working it. We're like, and so I was talking to his mom. He says, Manny, I don't want him to burn out. I say, he's not going to burn out. You know why? Because it's his passion. He's driven. So many people are not driven. Oh, don't worry about burning out. You're already burned out. Hardly doing anything for God. Fill yourself with bonbons. Watch Netflix and get fat. Do something for Jesus. If you don't have a vision, you'll drop out and have no passion. Somebody say to me, you sure are fired up? We're going to take the whole state for the glory of God. We're going to take the nation back. Can you say amen? Where are we? We will take the whole state. 
and we'll move on to other states, even simultaneously. God's speaking to us. God has a vision and a strategy. He knows us. Oh my gosh, when I wrote this, I'm like, oh. He knows us. He knows your weakness. He knows your strength. He has a purpose for us. Come on, someone say, he knows me. Say, he has a purpose for me. And the, the last part of that, he's a purpose for us and in his time. He's outside of time. You and I are in time. He operates outside of time. Trust him. We're at war. And we desperately need God's strategy. I mean, you have to ask yourself, why would there be such a burst of explosion right now? This close. There's times when the enemy tips his hand, and I love when he does that. It's kind of like, don't you have better things to do? No, not, not if something was going to come forth from this state that would be of proportion to affect the whole state and the nations. No, not if, not if what was going to take place of people in unity gathered together. And I'm not just talking about our church. I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about the bride of Christ in Alaska. That, I mean, you'd pick a, better, a bigger population. You'd pick, you'd pick, oh, can anything good come from Nazareth? Apparently, yes. What could happen from Alaska? More than you could possibly imagine. And so God, God's got his hand on us. And the enemy, I like when he tips his hand. It's, I, I'm not a poker player, but it's a card. How many of you like card games? It's kind of like, I don't know, when I was a kid, I forget what card game I was playing. I'm not much into card games, but I remember I'd just be like, relax. And like, you know, you have your cards and be like, you turn and show your cards to people who cheat. You know, that's not good. The enemy many times tips his scale, uh, tips his cards, pardon me. And, and when he does that, I take it as a great source of encouragement. I wrestled for years. I wrestled junior high, high school, and then wrestling saved my life in college. I loved facing off with somebody. And I've said this before, you, you get on the line and you go to, you're like, okay, shake hands. And when you go to shake hands, you pretty much know what's going on right then. Guy's looking down and he puts a little fish forward and you can crush his knuckles in your hand and he's kind of like nervous. It's not even a 30-second match. Just releases this incredible wave of confidence and terror. And then usually they're like, ah, come on, let's go. And, like, ah, ah, ah. and then it's over. It's when you're facing somebody else that's trying to do that to you, then you have a real match. But the enemy's already been defeated. So he takes these little sucker punches to get you over to think that, oh, well, there's no hope. Oh, no. No matter how the wind blows, the mountain cannot bow. Come on, somebody save it. All right. So there's a war. And God has a vision for us and a strategy to bring about his fulfillment. But we must position ourselves to receive it. And I'm going to move quickly due to our time. Be like Cornelius. Be devoted. That's not something that we, that we hear a lot. Are you a devoted believer? Are you a devoted wife, a devoted husband? Are you a devoted follower of the Lord? Are you devoted? 
be devoted. If you want vision, you want strategy, you're going to have to be devoted because the secret of the Lord, he confides with those who fear him. He doesn't tell everything to everybody. Say, God doesn't love, God loves everybody differently. No, he loves everybody the same, but he's got people that are closer to him that he's willing to share things with. Be devoted, be a, be a giver. Cornelius was a giver. It's interesting. It says your giving has come up as a memorial. And it's a picture that when you give of your time, your talent, your treasure, it comes up. It's more than just happening in the earth realm. It happens, as, as Hebrews says, in the heavenlies. Here, priests receive the tithe. It says the book of Hebrews. There, it's received by him. There's a duality to your experience, a duality to your life. So you're giving here. Your money belongs to the Lord. So when you release it into the hands of the Lord, at your local church, it releases up in heaven too and apparently makes a memorial. And a man who prayed is not only giving, but your giving and your prayers have come up as a memorial. And like Ananias, so that's Cornelius, like Ananias, if you want vision, you want strategy, like Ananias who's willingly obeyed God even though he was afraid. He willingly obeyed God even though it made no sense. He willingly obeyed God even though the worst terrorist and Christian killer has come to town. He knew God's voice well enough to say, I'm going to do it. I'm totally, go, okay, I'm going. There's times when you just do it afraid. Times when you don't know how the outcome is, but you just obey. Why? Because God spoke to you to do it, because God's word says it. Come on, I've settled it forever. Come on, God's word is true. Let every man be a liar. If it's in his word, I'm going to believe it. He said, that's kind of narrow-minded. That's right, kind of narrow-minded. It's about this narrow right here. That's it. I'm going to believe God's word. I'm going to stand on in God's word, and God will bring it to pass. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will remain, will endure forever. Can you say forever? Come on, shake your head and say forever. getting a little excited. Worship team, come please. Seek for God's vision and strategy like Paul did. Paul's like, well, I can't go. You said no there, then where do you want me to go? I can't do that. I, you know, I've had people come into the church. They're here for six months. They go through the discovery track, get through all the different things, and I'm all for doing that. Do it, please. And then they're here, and they're like, God called me to go to Botswana, and uh, I already bought my tickets. God spoke to me to go to Botswana. I'm leaving. I'm like, oh, okay. Can the church help me? I'll pray for you. I mean, you can't mow your lawn. Your, your lawn is up to your knees. You're, you don't pay your bills. Now, I'm not talking about you specifically. I'm just saying there's, a, I'm trying to emphasize, this is not a real story. It's, there are other real stories that I won't tell because it'll offend people. God has it. God speaks. Listen, I didn't want to be in my 50s by the time our building was done. I'm sure, I'm sure our beloved Wally didn't want to be 70. How old are you? 76 years old? He didn't sign up for a six-year building project, and I didn't sign up for it either. But apparently the war is just a little thicker, a little, little broader, a little harder than we all imagine. And maybe, maybe we wouldn't have faith to follow through on what God called us to do if we knew how difficult it would be. It's amazing family. 
daughter go to heaven, incredible difficulties, lost four brothers, sorry, five brothers in the course of building our building and his daughter. Don't tell me. You're going to do something for God? There are, there are difficulties that you face. And you have to overcome. And I'm so thankful for you. I was overwhelmed by the revelation that I'm a small part of a team. That without a, without a Wally, without a soon-to-be Pastor Tammy, without, without the minister Toby and all of you, all of you servants and those of you that are coming and those of you were just added, we would never see the fulfillment of what God called us to do. And when I was younger, I was, I needed a lot of tempering. I just wanted to go off and wanted to quit and just become an evangelist, just travel around. God didn't call me to be an evangelist. He called me to be a pastor. I am also an evangelist. If you're going to see the vision and the dream, you're going to have to get strategy. And you've got to seek God for that. And, and, and you'll notice that you're going to be open to fresh vision and strategy. A word from the Lord, like Paul and Barnabas. How do you get that? I've got to hurry. Are you ready? I'm going to get after it. How do you get that? Read God's word. Read God's written word. He has a strategy for your life. In the word. In the word. Read God's written word. Number two, God can give you revelation. You know, Pastor Karen had a dream. It was, uh, I don't know, five weeks ago, and she saw snow and wind, and it was, I mean, I could tell, like, she was impacted by it. And she says, get a generator. We had been wanting to get one, but we just didn't have one, you know, and I hadn't gotten it yet. So I'm looking on Facebook Marketplace, and I talked to Wally, and I, I want one on a trailer that's diesel that can run my whole block, you know what I mean? That's the kind of, I'm looking for something like that, you know, at discounted prices, you know? That's the kind, and like it just doesn't keep coming up. So she has this dream. I can't find one of those. I keep looking, looking. She says, did you, did you find one? Day one after the dream, no. A few days go by, did you find a, a, a generator? I said, no. She says, I'm telling you, we need to get a generator. You know, we went, I don't know, the staff gave me a gift card for Christmas, and we just were like, that's it. We're going to Costco. Somebody said there's a deal. We went over. Do you know if I didn't have a generator, all of my heating, and my house would be hammered. I was without heat. I would have rotten fish everywhere, and, and, and some of you know what that's like. But it was a revelation. It's just, you know, why didn't God give that to me? I don't know. I'm not saying anything about your walk. I'm just saying by the grace of God, he gave her a dream. I'm usually the one that gets that kind of stuff. I didn't get it this time. It was her. It's a picture of covenant. It's a picture of relationship. It's a picture that you don't hold all the cards and you don't know everything and you need a body. You need to rely on and submit one to another out of love. So she gave me this dream and I obeyed. Oh, oh, when, when the power went out. We got that generator cranking. I was so grateful for those who helped me because, and, I, and, then, and then I might've killed myself. I'm not, even, I'm not even kidding because I didn't know, I've never had a generator. I need to run home and fuel it. And as I'm leaving the project, Wally says, be careful you don't blow yourself up. Well, that got my attention. I said, what do you mean? He says, when you're fueling it, don't let the gas run down onto the, onto the exhaust pipe because you'll blow up. I thought, I, I do that kind of stuff all the time, to let gas overflow. 
I thought, I think the Lord just saved me. Oh, hallelujah. I went and I was just like, hey, wipe it up, stop pouring, wipe. Come on, does everybody say revelation? Be sensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, like Peter, a sheet coming down. Be sensitive to his voice. If you don't, if you aren't sensitive to his voice when there's no difficulty and no trial, how could you possibly hear him when there is a challenge? And if you're not sensitive to his voice now, how could he lead you to say no? You'd be already gone into Asia. Come on, somebody say be sensitive. Be open to counsel and be in agreement. Oh my, oh, so good. God can lead you through circumstances. These are whole, these are whole sermons, all of these. He can lead you without you knowing it. And oh, I am, I am been a participant in that more times than I can count. I'll just find myself. I've had so many crazy miracles by God just putting me where I needed to be that when I drive my car, I'm sensitive to whether he wants me to go left or right, to go home a different way. Stop, do this, do that. Because so many things happen. I'll bump into somebody that gets saved. Dr. Morocco, same thing. We have, we have different banks that have come alongside us because he happened to show up and be there because he felt like the Lord wanted them to. Over and over and over. The footsteps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. All right, lastly, our current strategy to fulfill the vision here is powerful services like the one we're having right now. Powerful, spirit-filled, Holy Ghost services going to flow in the Holy Ghost tonight. You don't want to miss it. Don't miss tonight, 6 o'clock. Remember, use the bathrooms before you come like you have been doing. And then groups, life groups, and teams. This is the strategy that's God given to powerful services, life groups and teams. Why? It's life groups and teams to develop leaders and to equip the saints for the work of ministry and develop community and covenant relationships. Listen, we all grow better together. We, I don't want to be near people. I know you need healing. We have a counseling department. It's called The Bridge. You just make call, make an appointment, we'll help you. Services teams, groups and teams, and then thirdly, leaders. Leaders, leaders, leaders. He said, well, I don't know if I can be a leader. You can, everybody's having influence somewhere. You can, you can lead at some capacity and we'll help you grow. All you have to do is be faithful, be loyal, and God will give you brains. If you're brain damaged, you've come to the right place, he can give you brains. Come on, somebody, stand up on your feet all across this place. I'm gonna sing this again. Come on, we're on a firm foundation right here. God's doing something beyond our understanding. Won't you lift your voice and sing as we sing that song again? Christ is my firm foundation. He's going to fulfill every vision. The rock on which I stand. He's given a strategy. Everything around me is Doesn't matter what the enemy's trying to do. What's God doing? I've never He's saving them all. He's healing the sick. I put my faith in Jesus. We put our faith in Jesus today. He's never let me down. He's faithful through generations. Oh. So why would he fail now? He won't. He won't. Come on. He won't. He, he won't. won't. He 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 won't
Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to King's Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.